What if I told you you can only rise as high as your perspectives? What if you're being stuck in life has a direct correlation to your perspectives? See, our perspectives are the glasses that we wear to look at the world. And if we can change the way we choose to view ourselves, the world and everything in it, we can transform the way we experience life. After all, you're only as successful as your mindset. Welcome to the 360 Perspective Podcast with Trisha, a space where I dissect different issues of life with the knowledge that if you want to live audaciously and courageously, you have to broaden, challenge, or even change your perspectives so that you can live with more clarity and awareness. My hope is that you will be mentally provoked and challenged to live differently and broaden your perspectives as you listen to the different episodes that drop every other Thursday. Welcome. Hello, hello, hello. Wow, it has been a minute and it feels so good to be back on the podcast. September was quite a month for me, celebrating my birthday and barely a week after being admitted in hospital for the very first time for almost a week. I never saw that coming, but hey, here we are, fully alive and healthy and truly grateful for the gift of life and good health. I'm also super, super grateful for all the love I received while I was in hospital and even after being discharged. The love was so overwhelming and what an experience that was for me. A beautiful reminder that how you show up for people now will determine how people show up for you in your time of need. But above all, I'm so, so grateful to God. He continues to uphold and sustain me in all seasons of life. And even now, I continue to testify of his goodness and faithfulness over my life. Now on to today's episode, which is so interesting because it couldn't describe better the season that I just came out from. And that is navigating through adversity. If you have been listening in and following through, I have been sharing my story and journey of studying and living abroad and the different lessons I gathered from my experience. In the last episode, I shared how I navigated my academics, rising from the bottom and making my way to the top, receiving over six scholarship awards that aided in the completion of my studies both in the US and the UK. Now, I get a lot of people asking, so why did you return to Kenya? Did you not want to remain back in the land of quote-unquote land of milk and honey? Well, looking back, perhaps I would probably still be there, possibly married with one or two children, pursuing and chasing after the American dream. Let's just say that God has a way of writing our stories. When you have handed over the pen to God, there are certain events and aspects of your life that you absolutely have no control over. And for me, that was the case for the bigger part of it. I was in my final year of campus in the States, super excited and thrilled over what the future had in store for me in the land of milk and honey. I was exploring some of the top universities in the States to join and do my master's as soon as I graduated with my undergraduate degree. Life really was at its peak for me. I had made a good name at my university, received several scholarship awards, had funded and led an African student organization that was doing so 
well. I had even groomed a team of younger African students in their first and sophomore year and handed over the leadership to one of them who carried great leadership potential. I mean, the future was set. I was really proud of my years in campus. I had made meaningful friendships that were grounded and thriving, had spent my campus years serving and giving of myself to the community and in church. I really was at the pinnacle of life, a place of great contentment, fulfillment and satisfaction. And here I was not far away from graduating. Life had not been easy when I moved countries and the transitions had not been the most smoothest, but I had a heart of resilience and took on lessons of growing and learning from each experience. What was truly evident was my growth. I could see the trajectory from my first year landing in the United States as a timid freshman student with a peculiar Kenyan accent and now a confident student who had exemplified great leadership potential and about to graduate. In fact, I had taken the step of not only choosing to graduate with a normal degree but with honors which meant besides having high grades I had to undertake a research project equivalent to a thesis. Because I knew I had the desire to continue with my academics and pursue a master's degree I felt I needed to undertake a research project that would set me up for success once I began my master's program and so I set aside a whole extra semester to pursue my research project of which I decided to pick on a topic that related to Africa meaning some of my data collection needed to be done in Kenya. I also specifically did this to allow myself to travel back and visit with my family during that one semester and even complete an internship in Kenya while conducting my research. This plan seemed epic and I was certain that I was setting myself up for great success and securing a good future for myself. I recall praying over all these plans and writing it in my journal, asking God to fulfill all the desires that I had in my heart and to even provide the funds I needed to travel and to provide a perfect place to complete my internship. And without a doubt, God did answer my prayers. I got all the funds I needed to travel, knowing that I was going to be away for almost a semester. And when I arrived in Kenya and settled, I got a perfect place where I did my internship. All the plans had fallen perfectly in place and everything was going on so smoothly. I had received so much favor in the organization that had taken me in and where I was gaining work experience while conducting my research project. I had gotten the opportunity to spend quality time with my family having been away from them for several years. I mean, life couldn't have been more perfect than it was everything was sailing on so smoothly. I knew as soon as I finished my internship and gathered all the data I needed, I'd be on my way back to the States to graduate and then embark on another journey of pursuing my master's degree. I was looking forward to my graduation day, a day that was going to mark all the years of labor and perseverance, of taking risks and trying out different positive things, of building great foundations of leadership, friendships and discovering myself. I knew coming back to Kenya for almost a whole semester was one of the many risks I had taken, but I was confident that God had me covered. After all, I had committed all these plans to Him, right? I was certain the future was set. It had taken years of hard work and learning, learning and relearning to lay down a great foundation. Besides, I had already applied to some of the top graduate schools in the U.S. before leaving for Kenya and I knew that their response would come in while I was in Kenya. Hence, I was waiting with hopeful expectations. 
Oh, little did I know the many disappointments that had piled up ahead of me. I was at the epitome of success and my dreams which had taken years to build, but never knew that the tower I was building was all going to come down in a time of great testing and trial. And so it began. I was coming to the end of my stay in Kenya. I had gathered all the data I needed for my research and successfully completed a wonderful internship that gave me valuable experience for my career. I had only a few weeks left before making my way back to the States. One afternoon, I decided to check my email to see if any of the universities I had applied to for my master's program had responded. And when I opened my email, I found that three universities I had applied to had actually written back and to my saddest disappointment. I had been rejected in two of the universities and put on the waiting list for one of the universities. I recall my heart breaking and you know that feeling of rejection, yeah? That deep remorseful feeling when you have been rejected after a job interview or maybe even a rejection from your crush or someone you like, yeah? That is what I felt. At some point, I even questioned my abilities. I wondered why I got rejected with a lesser form of rejection of being put in a waiting list. Ugh. I felt terrible. And like most of us women do, I did shed a few tears to wipe away that emotion. To some extent, I even felt let down by God. I mean, I had trusted him all along and prayed over all these big dreams I had. Couldn't he even have secured just one spot for me? The disappointment was so real. But once again, I was absolutely clueless on what was coming ahead. You know what's even funny? That year, I had decided to journey through the whole Bible, reading from Genesis to Revelation. And guess what book I had just landed on? Uh Aha, the book of Job. I had just begun reading the book of Job. I had only a few days left before departing for the States. And you know, the whole entire time I had studied and lived in the States, I had been able to travel back and forth without any visa issues. And the reason why I stated traveling back to Kenya for me was a risk I had taken was because in several of the semesters as a student, particularly after losing my academic sponsor, I worked off campus, which as per my student visa was illegal. I knew this mistake might haunt me one day. But oh, the risk taker that I am, I had seen God cover me before. But this time round, that was never the case. I had to own up and pay for the mistake I had made. And I couldn't be granted entrance and the visa back to the States to finish off the remaining part of my research and attend my graduation ceremony. This was so hard for me to believe. I attempted to return back to the embassy several times with my university sending me all the documents I needed to argue out my case, but to no much success. I knew deep down my heart that God had closed this door. In fact, I remember that last interview when I took time to fast and pray before the interview and I told God, once I attend the interview and the response is no, then I will know that it's a no that has come from heaven and I will painfully yet peacefully close that chapter of my life and pursue whatever else God had in store. And sure enough, that is exactly what happened. My heart was broken to pieces, literally shattered. All the dreams I had built, the life I had created, The years of friendship I had formed, 
all the people that I had met in my five years abroad, the academic success I had strived for, the church community I had established, all gone, gone and buried. It felt like a bad nightmare. And every day I would wake up, cry, pray, cry, sleep, and then wake up the next day to repeat the same cycle. I felt abandoned by God. I felt cheated by God. I went back and forth in my journal wondering whether God was really paying attention to the prayer I had made and written before traveling out of the States to Kenya. Oh, I questioned and questioned and questioned some more without a single answer. I even questioned why God had to wait until I started reading the book of Job to make me feel like my life was turning out just like the character I was reading, everything falling apart all at once. I even got sick at some point and the doctors couldn't determine what was wrong. Oftentimes when I took the public transport, I would stare out of the window and just cry. Tears became my daily food and I completely lost my appetite. I constantly would read through the book of Psalms, lamenting like King David and wondering why God had deserted me. Besides the closed door of not being able to return back to continue pursuing my dreams in the States, nothing seemed to be working out for me in Kenya. No jobs came through, no favorable opportunities. Everything in my life seemed dead and this never made it any easier. I even questioned the famous Jeremiah 29 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. I mean, there seemed to be no future here, no prosperity, no hope, only dead dreams. I remember at one point meeting a friend at a restaurant to catch up and she shared all the events of how God had come through for her and how he had been faithful in her life as I listened in and celebrated with her. Then she turned to me and asked, so what is God doing in your life? And in that instant, without a single word, I bowed my eyes in tears and began to sob bitterly. One would think I was just from a terrible heartbreak. Poor friend, I guess she wasn't ready for all that. Oh, I sobbed and sobbed and sobbed, telling of how I felt God had completely forgotten about me. How after my years of faithfully serving him, he had decided to abandon me. I wondered what kind of a great sin perhaps I had committed that he couldn't forgive me even after repenting. Oh, I really did cry and lament that day. But after that cry, I sure did feel better. Must have been God coming close to embrace me and reminding me that he still was a part of my story and that that was not the end of my story and dreams. So funny how now I look back and cringe at how I almost blame God for my misfortunes. I must admit then that I was a younger growing Christian, but now I know better about the unchanging character of God. It's John Piper who once said, Occasionally weep deeply over the life you hoped for. Grieve the losses, feel the pain. Then wash your face, trust God and embrace the life you have. And that is exactly what I did. 
after weeks of weeping and grieving and literally going through the different stages of loss because for me this was a form of loss in my life i eventually came to the acceptance stage i decided to take full charge and responsibility over my life they say life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react to it and i decided that i was going to have a positive attitude about my life believe god once more and pick up the pieces of what was left and dream again i took up the challenge of completing the remaining part of my research and with the assistance of my supervisor abroad i managed to complete my project earning a distinction in it this meant i was going to graduate with honors and despite not being able to physically attend my graduation the university organized my degree to be sent to me via airmail to Kenya i continued to seek for job opportunities here in Kenya while volunteering at the organization that took me in for my internship even though nothing came through in regards to a full time official job i found joy in serving and volunteering at the organization i was in i decided to take up the challenge of moving out from home and found my own little space this meant i had to find in some part-time paying job which saw me seek and find opportunities as a part-time actress Yes, I have been an actress before on TV where I earned some income. I even did a small business of part of the little savings I had accumulated while in the states. I gave myself over to volunteer at a children's home which is still so dear to me up to date. I would go and visit with the kids, mentored some of them and spent quality time sharing some of my stories and experiences while reminding them that their dreams were very much valid despite their economic economic background. I also found out about a tutoring volunteering opportunity at the Kenyatta National Hospital pediatric ward where several of the children most of whom were undergoing cancer treatment would be out of school for several months while receiving treatment. We would spend time tutoring them, helping them to read and study, do assignments with them as well as engage, play and pray together with them. This was one of the most fulfilling things I ever did in my life and in that learning center is where I found my healing. It is true, the best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others as Mahatma Gandhi said. Often I would see the strength in the faces and smiles of these children, some who would depart from the earth a few weeks later, yet the joy they contained within them was unrivaled. It made me realize that my experience, which initially I thought was horrible and unfair, was nothing compared to what these kids were going through, yet what was constant within them was their joy. They had no care in the world whether they would be alive the next day or not they lived only for the moment and they found joy right there despite their circumstances for them being alive was the greatest and biggest gift that they lived for each day i realized that i had more to learn from the kids than what i offered them as i treated them some of the bright smiles i would see when i'm longer there a few weeks later and it always crushed my heart when i would show up and hear some of them have passed on nonetheless we never stopped smiling laughing playing together reading and continued to believe god for their healing this hard and harsh reality shaped my perspective on the sovereignty of god 
I came to a place of finding solace in the truth that God's thoughts are not our thoughts, neither our ways his ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are God's ways higher than our ways and his thoughts higher than our thoughts, as Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says. Sometimes we find and see healing on this side of the earth and other times the healing comes when our souls are freed and when we finally rest in the loving arms of God. of our heavenly father but truth remains that we will never fully comprehend how god works neither can we master his wisdom and understanding through it all god still remains sovereign mighty and good along the way of serving others i took on a journey that shifted my position from a victim mentality to that of one who was victorious one who was open to learning again a position of meekness and being willing to try again to believe again to dream again well outwardly nothing really seemed to be changing in regards to my situation oh but inwardly i was being made into a new person my attitude and outlook towards life were being transformed i was becoming more grateful and appreciative of the gift of life more patient and resilient towards life more graceful and perseverant in hardships and more joyful in the midst of trial i began learning and taking note of the things that truly really mattered my relationship with god was growing stronger and stronger each day as i continued believing god for simple things as being able to pay my rent to big things like to still be able to pursue my master's degree abroad after all i knew that if one door closes god still had the ability to open another and anyway doesn't he own both the heavens and earth and yes i made it through reading the whole entire bible from genesis to revelation it was one tough year for me yet it marked the beginning of another beautiful dream and a new journey of restoration to be shared in the next episode As I wind up today's episode, I want to share some of the reflection lessons on navigating adversity and building resilience that I have learned from my journey. First, let me say that everyone at one point of their lives is bound to experience failure or adversity. We are all subject to the rules of gravity. What matters most is that you can respond to what life throws at you. And at any given time in the circle of life, we may be aspiring Succeeding, succeeding or failing wisdom dictates that we understand these positions are only but transitions and not statements about our identity or value as human beings and one thing that mentally strong people do is that they do not waste a lot of time feeling sorry for themselves yes they grieve they mourn the loss but they pick up the pieces of what is left and they try again They're not stuck in cycles of what the past could or would have been, but instead they focus on building a better present and a future life. Secondly, they never waste their energy on things they can't control, and though uncomfortable, they never shy away from change. Finally, mentally strong people never give up even after failure. And as it is said, if your reputation can't absorb a few blows, it wasn't worth anything in the first place remember life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react to it 
Hope you've had a fantastic time listening into today's episode. If it inspired you, kindly share with a friend or two. You never know whose life will be transformed and impacted by this episode. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. All in all, I am super super grateful for your support and for listening in. If you have any feedback, you can write to me at trisha.wangari@gmail.com or find me on my socials at trishawangari on Facebook. Or or Instagram. See you in the next episode as I continue with my story of dreaming afresh and walking through the journey of restoration. Till next time, bye-bye.